Hello and welcome to the Oracle of Light podcast. I am your host, Shauna DeMellon. For those of you who don't know me, I am a spiritual medium and grief and death expert. I have experienced spirit and connected and communicated with those on the other side for my entire life. And it was after the loss of my son, Jack, eight years ago that my entire life shifted. And by that, I mean, I felt like I'd lost everything. And it was a grief that literally brought me to my knees. And in moving through that grief and understanding it and, and not hanging on to the story that I'd lost a child, but rather I had a loss and that it didn't define me. And I found, I found tools and clarity and different ways to navigate my healing and honor my loss so that it wasn't overwhelming, it wasn't all consuming, and I was able to start to create a life that I love. This week's episode, we are talking all about surviving the grief after the loss of a child. I'm going to give you five different ways that you can do that. And the first thing that I want to say is that there is no guidebook for grief, absolutely not. There is no, there is no one size fits all formula for the loss of a child. Um, as any of you who are listening who have lost children, you'll know exactly what I mean by that. When you lose a child, you are grieving the loss of them in the physical. You are grieving the hopes and the dreams and the plans. You are grieving having them uh, as a part of your family. There are so many different components to that. Uh, you know, we call them layers of grief, if you will. And I always tell mothers that have lost children and fathers as well, that it's very important to just honor whatever's coming up for you. I call them waves of grief or pockets of grief. To this day, to this day, I still, I still experience grief over my loss, over my loss. Um, it was about a month ago and there was a little boy that I saw that looked exactly like my son, Jack. And in that moment, I just, whew, it just took my breath away. And then I was able to just honor it and, and move through it. And it, it, didn't, it didn't throw me off course, if you will. Whereas those first few years after I lost him, things like that would come up and it would easily throw me off course. And, and that doesn't happen anymore, but I still acknowledge um, what I'm feeling when I, when I do experience that. So one of, the, one of the most important ways to um, navigate uh, your grief after the loss of a child is to ensure that you are sharing your story, your loss, with people who have earned the right to hear your story. This is something from Brene Brown, and I love it. Um, she had spoken about uh, the importance of having people in your world that have earned the right to hear your story. And what I found so fabulous about that is that not everyone is able to hold sacred space. And by sacred space, I mean just holding that space for another person, holding their heartache, just listening, not 
not trying to fix it, not coming up with solutions, not, not trying to understand it or figure it out, but rather just, just that, just creating sacred space. You're creating this sacred vessel for someone to share one of their innermost hurts and losses. And that isn't for everyone. I know that I've, I've worked with people over the years. Um, some are, it's like their mother Teresa. They have this beautiful, open, incredible heart and this ability to have compassion and just hold that space so that you can safely share and, and feel like you've been heard. And it's that in itself is very healing. I've also met people over the years that cannot hold that space and it's not for everybody. It's not, it's not a wrongness. It's not that, that they can't do it or they're choosing not to, or they're bad at it. Just some people are more um, predisposed to creating that sacred space where it's nurturing and it's loving and you're just allowing that person to be who they are in that moment. You're allowing them to, we always say in, in, in our house, you know, do the ugly cry. You're allowing that person to have the ugly cry, to have their experience and you're, you're meeting them right where they are having that experience and, and you're not trying to make it something else. You're not, um, you know, trying to tell them how to shift it or give them different ideas. You're just, you're just creating sacred space. And I'll always ask someone in that space, what, what can I do for you? What do you need? Do you just need me to listen? Are you looking for insight? Are you asking me a question? And now this is a little bit different for me because I read for people professionally. I am a professional um, psychic medium, medium, grief counselor, whatever you'd like to use, intuitive. Um, and so a lot of times people will just say, can I ask you a question? Because that's just what I do. So I will ask people, you know, if someone is sharing something with me, I'll ask them, what can I do for you? What do you need in this moment? Do you need a hug? Do you need Kleenex? Do you, are you, do you want me to offer you some insight or give you a different perspective? Sometimes when we're so, we're so tightly wound up with our emotions and the experiences, we don't have that bird's eye view. We're not able to fly back and kind of look at everything and see what's going on objectively and from a neutral place. Anytime the emotions get involved, it will literally cloud our judgment and cloud the clarity and, and what's really true, what's really true in that moment. So I will often ask people, you know, can I give you a different perspective? This is how I see it from the outside looking in. This is how I'm seeing it. And perhaps you can try this or perhaps you can try that. One of the most important things when someone is sharing a loss with you is to let them completely share that, um, let them, um, just to not interrupt them. This is something that I learned in, in my, uh, my psychology background is that when someone is sharing something to not interrupt them, to just let them share it so that it can release. Yeah, just release it. And everything that this is bringing up for everyone listening and watching, let's just story and delete it across all ways, spaces, times, dimensions, and realities that is an energy clearing. And so energy clearings are amazing because 
you don't have to know where something came from. You don't have to, we don't have to know that it was lifetime 423 and this happened and that happened. It's, it's when I was younger and my teacher said this to me, we don't need to know. That's the beauty of energy clearings. I see the energy kind of pop up and it's not shifting, it's sitting there. So when we do an energy clearing, it just starts to dissipate the energy. It just starts to release it so we can let that go and make room for more of what we would really like in our life. And that's exciting. So number one is making sure that you've found the right people that can hold that sacred space for you, for your grief. It might be a friend. Um, it might be someone, it might be a counselor. It might be someone who's not connected to you um, intimately or, or that close. Um, I know when I've had losses over the years, I don't want to overshare with people or I didn't want to spray them with things. And so I would ask someone, you know, can, can I share this with you? Do you have, do you have time for me to listen? You know, can you listen to this for me? And I let them say to me, you know what? I'm really busy right now, but I can in an hour or yeah, I would absolutely love to, I can do that for you. Or I'm going through some stuff right now. I'm not sure that I can, I can hold that space for you, but I'm willing to try. So it gives people the opportunity to let you know where they're at. Another way that you can survive the grief is giving yourself permission to mourn your loss, giving your loss the dignity it deserves as you work through things, as you shift things, as you, as you learn to navigate your loss. We're not the same people that we were before the loss as we are after a loss. Not to say that it, it not to say that we're different people, but we, we've changed. We have different perspectives. We, um, it's almost like our reality has been altered a little bit and it takes us a little bit of time to realign with that, if you will. And something I always love to tell people is that suffering is a choice. Our loved ones are happy and at peace on the other side. They're not in any pain. They are in the most beautiful, beautiful energies and, and unconditional love that you could ever possibly imagine. And from that space, they become our greatest cheerleaders. They are rooting for our success. They really are. And if we are choosing suffering, and we are, it is a choice. And this is not to minimize anyone's loss. I've had tremendous loss in my life, tremendous loss in my life. And one of my beloved teachers, she said to me, you can choose to suffer or you can make another choice. And it doesn't negate the loss. It doesn't minimize the pain, but you can make another choice with this. So instead of choosing suffering, what could we choose? Hope, happiness. And again, we're not... We're not minimizing the loss, but we can start to reach for something greater. We can start to reach for something more. And by, by doing that, we start to shift our vibration, our energy field, and that tells the universe what we'd really like to have in our world. We don't have to stay stuck. We don't have to stay in those energies. We can shift it so that we can align with more, more things that bring us joy, more opportunities, more wonderful people, beautiful experiences while our child is growing up in heaven. 
And now some people ask me over the, you know, some people have said over the years, well, my child was 20. Um, is he continuing to grow up on the other side? And it varies from child to child. Some children come through at the age that they crossed over for the entire, for the entire time. Other children, like my son Jack, they present at a different age. Every year, Jack's a little bit older. He looks a little different. So this year, like Jack would have been eight. So I see an eight-year-old boy, and one of our jokes is that we count the freckles on his nose, and that's how I see him. If it was perhaps a miscarriage, the soul of that child will present as, it could be an infant form, it could be just the energy that I'm picking up on. It could be, if, if someone has had a miscarriage, say five years ago, I may see a child who's five as that child grows up on the other side. So just a little bit of insight for you as to what I experience as a medium from the other side. And it's different for every loss. Giving yourself permission to mourn. There were weeks where I didn't get dressed. I didn't want to see anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody. I was in such a funk. I was just in such a different space with it. And then one day, I remember listening to a podcast and the host of the podcast said, I remember this, she said, what would it take to live your best life regardless of your circumstances, regardless of any loss, any illnesses, how can you still choose to live your best life no matter what? I, I think it was, um, uh, it was at the beginning of COVID. And the idea was that no matter what's going on around us, yes, we are cognizant of what's happening in the world. We're aware of it. We understand what's happening. But we can also choose to show up as the best version of ourselves. We don't have to wait until... COVID no longer exists, exists as an example. We don't have to wait a certain amount of time. We can just choose, choose to be the best version of ourselves. choose to show up in a different way. Another way that you can survive the grief after the loss of a child is by writing. This is such a powerful process. When you're writing, you're getting all of those thoughts and energies out of your mind down onto the paper. I always like to think of it, if you're familiar with um, um, channeled writing, channeled writing is the energy coming from the heavens or the universal energies, depending on how you look at that. It's coming through the top of my head, all the way down my arm and out the tip of this pen. So whenever you write, you're releasing so much energy. You're releasing all those thoughts and those worries and concerns and heartache. For some families, we give them, we give them the idea that they can write letters to their children on the other side. And when they're doing that, their child's energy is right there with them. They hear every word, they know every thought. And just the therapeutic healing that occurs when we write those letters is absolutely amazing. I have one client who will write letters to her children and then she, she actually burns them and releases all of that energy. The angels take it to the heavens. So writing, you could have a journal, a grief journal, where you're just writing. Some days you may want to write paragraph upon paragraph. Other days you may not want to write anything. On the days you don't want to write anything, I invite you to write down three things that you're grateful for. 
Yeah, gratitude will start to raise our vibration. And every night before I go to sleep, I, I list three things I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for Stacy. I'm grateful for this incredible latte I had. I'm grateful for new connections. Whatever that is, I have gratitude. And then I go off to dreamland, marinating in grateful energy. So writing, again, you can have a journal. You can just write and you can release things and burn them if you do it on your PC and you want to keep them, that's great. The only caveat to that is if, for example, you, you write something on your computer, like as a Word document, try not to go back and reread it right away because it's kind of like you've let it go and then by rereading it, you kind of pick it up again. And we just want to give your heart that space, that sacred space to heal and work through our grief. I don't believe we ever get over grief. We don't ever get over losing someone. We work through it and it becomes just a part of us, but it does not have to define us. We do not have to have that heartache that, that we experience every day. We don't have to do that. Another way that you can survive the grief after the loss of a child is asking your child for a sign. I've done other episodes on this. And so this always comes up. I get messages, I get messages from around the world and I just love it. Um, the other day it was butterflies, dragonflies. Um, there was someone that shared a beautiful heart rock with me. Maybe heart rocks are your sign from your child on the other side. And if you haven't done this before, I highly recommend it. Um, there's another episode that I did a little while ago about how to ask your, ask your child for a sign and it takes you through how to do it and, and what that looks like. So I, I can give you the shortened version today, um, but definitely go back and have a listen to that episode if this interests you. So what I did when, so when I first experienced Jack on the other side after he had died, um, and even as a medium, I tell people this, you know, I, I was in such shock and in such intense grief that I couldn't experience Jack because my vibration, my energy was so low. And so the first time he came through, it was um, like in a meditative state, if you will. And I looked up and there he was, he was walking towards me. He was holding hands with the most incredible, beautiful angel, this angelic being. And he was holding hands and he walked up to me and he said, mama, and he held out his little hand and there was this beautiful little heart rock. And to this day, I don't have any on my desk to show you, but to this day, heart rocks are my sign from Jack. Each and every time I'm out. Every time, especially when I'm out in nature. When I'm down by the river, um, when I'm out for a hike, I always ask for my rocks. Jack, where's my heart rock? And there was one day, I've shared this in other episodes, there was one day I asked, um, Jack, where's my heart rock? Bring me my heart rock. And I found 15 that day and it was just so much fun. So for some people, it's butterflies. I have one client, her signs are bubbles of all things. She'll be out in the park and there's no one else around and there's a random bubble that'll float by. <laughs> just something like that is just so fun. Um, feathers, dimes, butterflies, ladybugs. Um, what else? Sometimes grasshoppers or crickets. If there's or they're showing me like frogs or birds or rabbits or a fox or any sort of animal or creature or insect 
that is around and they keep lingering and lingering, well, chances are that's your loved one from the other side. And so, you know, I've told this story years, for years and years and uh, one of my loved ones crossed over and um, I was just getting back to the car and I just heard, uh, get out of the car. So I got out of the car and there was a swarm of dragonflies flying around the car. The last time I saw this loved one, um, he had a beautiful dragonfly that landed on his hand. So I know that that's from him. I know that's him. And to this day, every now and again, I'll be out in the garden or I'll be out for a hike and there'll be a dragonfly that like literally flies into my face and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm being attacked. I'm not, that's him. He's just taking that opportunity to say hello. So yeah, on the days when, um, on the days that were really difficult after I lost my son, I would go down by the river and I would just say, show me a heart rock, bring me a heart rock. Just let me know that you're there, bring me a heart rock. And ask your child to continually show you a sign so you get what it is. For some people, they visit their, their loved ones in their dreams. I know I did with Jack, I still do to this day, where I would go to sleep and I would be dreaming into dreamland with, Jim, with him. Um, there are so many different signs, you know, depending on how your gifts work, you may smell different things that remind you of your loved one. I smell um, cigar, smoke, perfume, Sometimes if there's a baker, I'll smell cookies. Um, you know that, that smell, you know, when kids are outside playing all day and they come inside and they smell like outside, sometimes I can smell that. And just continue to ask. What people don't understand is that spirit always answers, always, always answers. It may not be in this moment, it may be a week from now, it could be tomorrow, it may be through a podcast. You could be guided to read a book and you open it up and there's the exact information that you were looking for. It could, it could come through somebody else. There, true story, I was at Safeway once and I was waiting in line and there was something I was working on, a project I was working on and I was kind of stuck and I kept asking, okay, what's the next piece? Where do I take this? What's the next piece? What do I do with this? What do I do with this? And no word of a lie standing in line to pay for groceries and there uh, were a couple of women behind me having this conversation and I overheard them and she started talking about the exact project, the idea that I was working on. It was around mediumship and she was talking about spirit communication and it was really quite fascinating. And then she had said something, there was one sentence in particular and I just stood there and it was like, oh, that's it, oh my gosh. And so I, I quickly put it a, a note in my phone, spirit will deliver an answer through other people, through the different energies that are around you, through, again, the birds, butterflies, you name it. My question is, how open and available are you to having that happen, right? You need to be open and available for spirit to make those connections. And they do, they will. They do answer, they will answer, I promise you. Just keep asking. And again, sometimes, Sometimes the energy drops really quickly, even for me. Sometimes I'm asking and asking and asking. And sometimes I need to ask a hundred times and it finally drops <laughs> and that's fine. Sometimes it's instant. They will always answer, always. And if you're getting frustrated, clear that energy because that will bring your energy, your vibration down. And we want our vibration up as high as we can get it because that makes it easier for the spirit world to connect with us. 
Spirit energy is subtle and it moves quick. Again, I've shared this in other episodes. Imagine flicking a light switch on, how quickly that runs to turn the current on. That's how fast energy moves in the spirit world. So my son Jack, is his energy is all over, it's crazy. And if my energy is low, if I haven't had a good sleep, if I'm not feeling good, I'll miss him. I won't connect with him as strongly. So just some food for thought. Now, another way, and I love this, another way to help you survive the grief after you've lost a child is every day, throughout the day, as many times as you remember, ask, how can I show up as the best version of me today? Is this the best version of me in this moment? And if it's a no, okay, what can I do to show up as the best version of me? I went through a period of time after I lost Jack where I didn't think my heart would ever heal. I didn't think that I could ever forget him. I, I couldn't move on from that. I thought, how do, you, how do you heal from that? How do you move on? What does that look like? And I started asking that every morning. How can I show up as the best version of me today? Angels, I'm angelic, so I talk to my angels. Angels, show me. How can, I, how can I show up as the best version of me? We all have a spiritual team working with us. They can be angels, benevolent beings, heavenly helpers, um, our crossover children, our crossover loved ones, spirit guides, spirit animals. There are so many myriad of different energies that are just literally waiting in the wings to be invited into our world. Because we have free will, they're not just going to come in and take over your world and, hey, Shauna, you know, you really should do this or you really should do that. They will guide us, absolutely, but we need to invite them in. So I invited my guides and my energies that helped me in and I said, okay, how can I show up as the best version of me? What would the best version of me show up as today? Well, she would, you know, get her hair done and maybe put some lip gloss on, maybe make a little bit more of an effort because when I do that, I feel more confident. Maybe some movement because emotions need movement. Emotion, motion is in the word. So those emotions get stuck and they're heavy and they're stagnant and dense. We need movement to dissipate. So maybe I need movement. Do I need to dance? Do I need to do some yoga, some breath work, go for a walk, work out? What does that look like? How would the best version of me show up? And if you don't know what that looks like in this moment, that's okay. Imagine a time when you were the most happy, vibrant version of you. Imagine that time. I want you to connect into that energy right now. You know, were you on top of your game with your, your career? Were you working out at the gym and you felt amazing, felt like a million bucks? Did you land a big project? Did you have a bunch of clients that you absolutely love to work with? Did you, you know, snuggle up with your family, your love bugs, and you just had that incredible experience? I want you to connect into when you were your most happiest. And if you're having a difficult time remembering that, ask your angels, your guides, your team. Ask the universe to come in and help you. Universe, show me when I was my most happiest. Show me when I was, show me when I was at the best version of me. Show me the best version of me. And then get that energy and I invite you to start to look for ways to connect back into that because it's not gone. That version of you, she's still there. It's just the grief that starts to cloud 
the grief that just starts to feel heavy and we can clear that so you can navigate your loss, heal your heartache, create a life that you love while being the best version of you and knowing that your loved one, your child on the other side is safe as they grow up in heaven. I invite you to take a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth. And just be willing to release whatever is available right now as we share this space. Just let it go. Release whatever is, whatever needs to go, has to go, wants to go. Just release it because as you do, you're making room for joy. Yeah, joy is our natural birthright. When we are born, we're joyful, we're happy. Imagine a, a baby, a six-month-old baby, how joyful and happy they are. That's our natural inherent state. And we can get back to that. We can, we can condition our mind, our emotions, and, and, and get back to that so that we can step into that energy at any given time. And so from this space, what energy, space, and consciousness can you and your body be to enjoy these energies for the next hour or more? And I want you to go ask your child for a sign. And if you know what your child's sign is from the other side, drop it in the comments below. Please let me know. I would love to know. And just understand that there is no, there's no timetable for healing. There isn't. And that wherever you are right now is exactly where you're meant to be. And if you're feeling stuck, do reach out and find someone to help you shift through that, move through that, so that you can show up as the best version of you because the world needs you. You have special gifts in your heart that only you carry. And your loss does not need to define you. Your loss is a part of you. And it does get easier. It does. I am living proof that it does get easier. I send you mountains of love. And I want you to, as we wrap this episode up, just really stay in question. When you stay in question, you're inviting universal energies into play. And if you have an advantage that way, why wouldn't you utilize it? Just saying, how can I show up as the best version of me? How can I be happy again? What can I add to my life today that will bring me joy? What can I bring into my world that will be happy? Maybe it's going to get an ice cream. Maybe it's going to sit by the river. Maybe it's just sitting in quiet contemplation with your hand over your heart and allowing your child's energy to come into the room with you. Yeah, you feel that? That's your child's energy. Yeah, just like that. All right, lovelies, I'm sending you all of my love from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It's a beautiful day. I need to get out and look for my heart rock. Mwah. Mountains of love. Bye for now.